This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to raise up uncommon church builders and be the kind of leaders our pastors would kill to have on the team. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning, so hit subscribe, share this with your team, and let's join Pastor Brandon Stewart for another vital conversation for all of us who lead from the middle. Second, welcome back to season four of the Leading Second podcast. My name is Brandon Stewart. So excited you're here today, and we're back uh, for the fall from a summer break uh, with regular episodes every Thursday. Uh, trusting you all are well after a bit of a break from this space, um, but we're so excited to bring you some fresh episodes over the next few weeks um, just to help fuel you in your life as a leader as you are running strong for uh, your pastor, for your church, ultimately for Jesus in this season. We're so glad we get to play just a very, very small part in your uh, leadership journey, your leadership development. So welcome to the space. So glad you're here. And uh, today's going to be a great day. And hey, it's also a Team Church Conference, a digital conference day. Uh, as many of you know, we had a live event back in August for Team Church Conference, as we normally do every year. Uh, but this year, we decided to do something special and host a digital conference. And we pushed send on this episode just as the digital conference wrapped uh, Wednesday night and Thursday this week. We had a great event where we had watch parties absolutely everywhere, coast to coast, across North America. Teams gathered to experience Team Church Conference right in their own church building. Uh, maybe many of you watched individually and maybe we were in your living room or joining you in the gym or wherever you happen to tune in from. Uh, but we're just believing that Team Church Conference this year was a a significant deposit into your life as a leader in a really critical season. And I pray that it helped. And so glad for everyone that was able to be a part of it. If you weren't, I want to encourage you to go on and get registered today for Team Church Conference 2022. Uh, we're back in person for our 20 year celebration of the conference Next August, I think it's August 1st through the 3rd, we'll be announcing guests soon, but but more importantly, it's it's going to be a strategic uh, gathering next summer, family reunion style, and just believing God's going to continue to do a great work in our tribe through the conference. So I pray that uh, you're able to be a part of that as well. Of course, Leading Second is a part of the Greater Team Church tribe, so it's our honor to be a part of that world. So anyways, today's episode is actually recorded at Team Church Conference. I just wanted to celebrate our digital conference today by sharing with you a conversation I had with uh, some executive pastors and campus pastors that I respect greatly uh, from around the nation that represent different churches, uh, different different size and style of church, in, effect, in fact, and all of whom were at our live event in August. And we sat down for a great conversation just trying to, to talk about um, not just the conference, but where we're at right now and and things that were on their minds and did our best to try to locate some wisdom. And we wanted to share that with you today. So I pray that this helps. So here it is without further ado, uh, my conversation with an absolutely epic group of executive and campus pastors. Uh, I pray this blesses you guys. Here we go. I got a bunch of friends here. Say what's up, everybody. What's up? Great to be here. Hey, what's up? We're going to have a lot of fun, and uh, we'll do some quick introductions so you know everyone's uh, voices. Let's start with, with Matt. Hey, everyone. Matt Kaiser from Centerpoint Church in Chillicothe, Ohio. 
And what's your role there? I'm the executive pastor. Awesome, awesome. Glad you're here. Kaisa? I'm Kaisa from the Well Church in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm the care pastor there, and our lead pastors are Pastors Jason and Erica Parrish. And you are an OG Weller. You, you have been there from the beginning. I love that you guys have such a special uh, church. It's awesome. Andrew. Well, I'm Andrew Shaw. I am at a church called Velocity Church in Lawrence, Kansas, and I serve on our lead team. And I'm our, our experienced pastor over all things creative and our online ministry. I never knew where Lawrence, Kansas was. It's the best place on earth. Well, it's like Portland. I, I came to find out. Like, I yeah. thought Kansas, and it wasn't Kansas. Like, you're yeah. not in Kansas anymore when you go to Lawrence, is yeah. what I, yeah. is kind of what I learned. It's very similar to Seattle and Portland. <laughs> you guys have a great church. We love it. Glad you're here. Emily. I am Emily Hanks, one of the staff pastors at Christian Life Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, right outside of um, Nashville. Our lead pastors are Ron and Carrie Kerdoff. Love them. Yes. Such a fun team. Yeah. Josiah. Uh, Josiah, I serve on staff at Storyside Church at our central location as one of the location pastors uh, underneath Pastor Micah and Angel Pelkey. Well, you guys are awesome. You're, you're the best of the best, and I love each of you. And, uh, man, we've had a really great uh, week this week at our in-person event, and those that are a part on the digital, I think, will we'll see that. I just feel really... Um, really marked by God this week, really commissioned to go and do something after this. I, I've been a part of Team Church Conference since the beginning. I don't remember a year quite like this year. It just has something special about it. I'd love to hear just a couple of takeaways from you guys to get started. Like, what are, what is God doing in your life? Uh, and what's your greatest takeaway, you know, from, from the event this week? Who wants to go first? Well, I'll go Kaisa. first because it was the very first thing. When the Christian history was going across the board, I loved that the years that our churches started were on the board yeah, and on right. the map. And I just think that I'm a person that always loves that God's invited us to be a part of his story. Yeah. And to see that journey was just so amazing that we're part of it forever. And for anyone listening, you're going to have to go watch it to check it out because it was really, really cool. It was our, our conference opener the first night. Yes, it was awesome. First of all, what an honor just to, to be here. I've never been to the Pacific Northwest. Beautiful. So everything you promised about it is true. So thank it's you. Because we brought you here in August. That's right. That's, that's, right. No, that's true. So I'll keep it fresh. We just came out the uh, session with Pastor Micah, and he just did this rallying moment. We're rallying the team. This has been a week, a few days of just that. That's the anthem. Like our, our security is found in the firm foundation of the gospel, and we can rally around that. And so I've been marked by that. And so we're going to go home yeah. and, and yeah. just rally around like the, the firm foundation of the gospel. What was the line at the end? It was um, about some, teams. Some teams unravel. Bad teams unravel. Great, great teams, teams rally. rally. Man, that's so rally. great. So poignant. That this has definitely been an unravel season, probably at moments for some of us, but great teams rally in it. I love it. He did so good. I loved uh, Pastor Marcus Meekum spoke last night. Oh yeah. He talked about keen in a week was the topic, and it was a so pertinent towards this generation. Uh, the world we live in that oftentimes we want it all, right. we want it now, and the power of the process of what God has for us. So it spoke to me not only to encourage the teams that I help serve um, and help lead, just to encourage them in the process, like, hey, what the field matters, um, just as much as the Goliath moments and the throne moments of life, the field matters just as much. So it really encouraged me and encouraged some of our team. Love it. Well said. Emily. 
I think one of the best parts about Team Church is the connections you get to make. And we had lunch with um, some lead pastors from a church that had just planted their church like a year and a half before the pandemic hit. And I come from a church that was planted 27 years ago. And yet the things that we're saying are so, uh, you know, common to one another, whether you've been here a year and a half or you've been here 27 years, that we're all in the same boat. We're all in this together. It's been so encouraging to uh, just unite with everybody on that. Yeah, I think the the big thing for me was definitely been uh, keep the first things first. I mean, you've already mentioned it, Pastor Brandon, in that uh, I live in a city that's steeped in postmodern culture and ideas. And uh, so what placing the gospel first in your heart and putting that first in your teams and teaching your teams the gospel first and what is the gospel and what isn't the gospel, that's just been hammered home again and again by the Holy Spirit to me. So good. So good. So we put over uh, the conference, this theme, an unshakable kingdom. And I think we've, we've been really trying to take a look at the kingdom uh, kind of from different angles all week and and uh, the supremacy of Christ and the need in our world for the gospel right now. And I, under all that is this idea that we're leading and really... Um, precarious times. I think it's a really great time because we have a lot of opportunity ahead of us, but I think we also have headwinds right now. And I'm, I don't know where you guys are at. I'm kind of of the mindset that we need to get used to the headwinds. I don't think they're going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think this is like a 2021 thing. Like I think we're in this now. So, um, we got to get used to it. And so I'd love if you guys like, what are the questions that, um, that this week is stirring up in you. Like as second chair leaders, we're talking from the second chair to the second chair, you know, and I'm gonna go to you, I think Kaisa here first. Um, like what, what is this stirring up in you? What questions are coming to mind as you're processing everything from the conference this week? Well, I think for me, I'm always looking at how do we help pass the baton better to the next generation? What do I need to see from my perspective so that I can do that well? And so my question this week has been, how do we support our lead pastors, but also pass the baton well to the next generation? What do we need to equip them with to face what it is that they're going to face in their journey? Yeah. So I saw your question you wrote down. We all kind of have this Google Doc we collabed on. And um, I think that's actually been my question. Like, I think I think I've been really thinking about that. Uh, this week, how I feel like I don't know how old all, all you guys are. I'm 40. I'm probably some older, some younger. 39. We 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 won't. Uh, we don't need to point fingers. Um, but I don't know how you guys feel. I I come from church culture that was really rich for the church, like all in culture. Like I was cut in that. I was formed in that. That is not foreign concept to me. Um, but I feel a little bit, and maybe even like a couple of years younger than me, I feel a little bit like the last of the Mohicans on it, if I'm honest. <laughs> like, I feel like if I look too much younger, I start to see the what's in it for me thing really strong. Or like, I won't go all in if the, if the, the job description isn't right or the perks aren't right or the pay isn't right or... And I don't remember that. Like, I don't remember. And then, of course, you add in postmodernism and all the all the other into it. I don't remember that wasn't where I came from. So I, I think I resonated with your question, Kaiser, because I feel like I think we're carrying something. 
Like we're care. It's not information. I, and I know each of you at this table, it's not information to us. This is a revelation about being all in for God's church, serving our right. pastors. Yep. Like each of you, and I know many people listening or they wouldn't subscribe to our podcast. You know, many people listening, you carry this at a revelatory level. Like yep. this is a revelation in your heart. And so you ask this question, how do we pass it on? I don't know how to pass it on. Hmm. I'm really stumped on it right now. Like I'm really, I feel like you, you tell people to like die for the vision and it's like a cuss word anymore. You know, it's, it's like, cause we're, cause actually culture's telling people to assert their own self-authority, not, not die to themselves. So right. it feels like a very anti counterculture thing, but here's what the thought I had was, um, I heard it said one time, people will listen to what you say, but they'll become who you are. And so I don't know any other way to pass on the revelation of your heart other than you've just got to get people in proximity to you. Like they've just got to be around you long enough for you to bleed on them, long enough for you to fill their, not fill their bucket, because I don't think you can fill someone's bucket, but empty your bucket into them, You you know, that long enough to just give them everything you've got and trust the Holy Spirit to raise them up. You know, I feel like I'm the product of several mentors. They didn't collaborate. They didn't all know each other. They didn't all get together and decide the ABCs of how we could prepare Brandon. You know, that was the Holy Spirit that did that, but they each offered something that I, I many and what, what a couple of or even here at this event this week, uh, you know, I, I told one of them this morning, I've carried that my entire life, what you spoke into me. Yep. And so I don't know if that's just a really simple answer, but I feel like that's the answer. I appreciate that. Like we just have to get people in proximity and then pour into them. Yep. If, if, if they aren't going to receive it, you're just going to splash everywhere and that's fine. Let it splash. You know, like let the overflow happen, make a mess, whatever. But yeah. to the ones who are a bucket, they'll get it. Yeah, I did have one thought, and that was so good what you said, Pastor Brandon, just about I don't think we have a silver bullet when it comes to what we're passing on. But the one thing I did think about is one thing we are lacking, and one thing we were taught in our generation, we're taught growing up in the church, is the art of listening and of hearing. So now all you hear the rhetoric and the language is, I want to be heard, I want to be heard, right. I want to be heard, I want to be heard, which in some ways is okay. But in the other ways, we've lost the art of learning to hear. And I think sometimes we need to make sure that we're listening more than we are concerned about being heard. So I just think in implementing that in the next generations to come is going to be paramount if we're to see God move and do what he needs to do. I agree. Hey, you actually had a great question. That, yes. that you kind of collabed with us on. Yeah. What's God been stirring up in you? Yeah, you know, um, we've seen, especially I think this past year, year and a half, have really revealed a lot of things in churches, but in the world in general when it comes to unity, when it comes to even divisiveness that can creep in very easily, right? right? You know, Bible talks about a bitter root springs up, it defiles many. I think disunity, all those things add to that. What happens is you see churches where disunity is running rampant. Um, I've talked to staff members of different churches and people are struggling. There, there's people like, this is my agenda, this is my preference, this is my want. Right. And I think one of the important things and something that Pastor Micah, my pastor has always taught us is that you don't have to be in full agreement to be in an alignment. Yeah. 
And for us, that's just been so important to make sure that we are in alignment. So my question to you, Pastor Brandon, is, and for all the teams out there in churches, how do we properly stay in alignment? You're not always going to agree fully 100% because you're human. You're going to have different preferences, different ideas, but staying in line with the vision of your lead pastor is important and and preserving the unity because our job as second chair leaders is to protect them, to protect the vision, uh, to protect their hearts, to guard them, and to, yep. to watch over and steward well what they've given us. Absolutely. So what would be maybe some answers you would have to that and preserving that? So funny thing, you don't know this because we're actually recording this like midway through the conference. I'm actually doing a session on alignment this afternoon. Uh, come on. So probably, come on. Uh, probably the best answers are going to be on that session. Just a little, little thing there. You, you um, heard it first. <laughs> But here's a thought. You know, I think we, um, you mentioned this this season, right? Yes. I don't know if you guys grew up in weird church culture. I feel like I did, you know, maybe we were all weird back in the day, but you know, there's that song, like I'm in the Lord's army, you know, yes, and sir. we all marched and just what were we doing back in those days? I don't know. Um, but we, but I, you know, it, it was a, it was a cute song. I'm in the Lord's army, but let's, yeah. let's be honest. Like right now, um, like we're soldiers. In a very real fight. Our fight, of course, is not with people. It is not with flesh and blood. There's a very real enemy out there. And we need to remember who our enemy is. It's not the person you're arguing with in you know, your Instagram DMs or something. Uh, that's not your enemy, by the way. Um, but we're going to be on the front lines. And we're going to see the attacks coming in, right? Yep. To our team's alignment. And I think we need to realize that we're actually there to be soldiers and we're, we're, we're there to fight, but we're also there to be ambassadors and getting, getting each of those moments right in their own moment is really important. Yes. You're exactly right. Alignment and agreement are two very different things. You do not have to agree with everything your pastor says and does, every decision your team makes in order to be aligned. Agreement right. means we share the same opinion. Yes. Alignment means we share the same intent. And we can actually, actually the, the better picture of alignment is when you have a diversity of opinion and have a diversity of thought and you get this diverse group of people who are actually willing to sacrificially lay themselves down to do the same thing. So until, until you have that, I'm not even actually sure you have alignment. You probably just have agreement, you know? So, so there's an element of selflessness and sacrifice. Here's something I don't think I'm going to get to on my notes in my session that I wanted to say. So maybe this is just the time to say it. Um, It was so funny going into our third season of the podcast. We were so far ahead. It was 2020. We were so far ahead. We had recorded like half a year's stuff. It felt like, and we put this big theme over and then March hit and we couldn't use any of it uh, because it all felt like. So one of the things we were going to say in 2020, maybe it's back now, um, but this idea that we're going to have to get used to living in the tension yeah. right now. Yep. I mean, I think, I think leading from the second chair feels tense. Yeah. Like where do I align? But I think we have to remember that a life without tension is a life without progress. You yeah. actually want tension. Tension's yeah. good for us. Yeah. Yep. Um, think of a, a, gu- a guitar, yep. too little tension on the guitar strings and that instrument won't make music. Yep. Right. Now, too much tension and the strings will break. So we don't want that either, you know. But the right amount of tension actually right. plays beautiful music. Yes. A, a, gra- right. a concert grand piano is navigating tons and tons and tons of tension. Right. 
simultaneously to get every every string to play on pitch, you know, and make 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 a song. And so um, what I would say is we have to actually get used to that tension of I'm not sure I understand. Or maybe maybe church is moving so fast right now that your pastor doesn't have time to stop and explain everything to you. I, I constantly hear of things like, oh, we're doing that now. And I wasn't in the room, you know, and right. I don't get to put the towel over my head and yep. say, well, I wasn't in the room for that. So I really am, you know, not going to take ownership of that. Yep. Or like, I don't, we don't get to say that. Like we, we align first and we agree second, you know? Sorry. So I, I, if, if we're doing it, that's what we're doing. And, and we have to get used, I think, to sitting in tension. Your, your job is not to get out of tension. In other words, yep. your job is to make music through tension. Yep. And, and that's probably going to be some of the places of your leadership where you feel like God uses you the most, yeah. you know, would be in some of those moments. Yeah. Um, so good. Well, my, my question has a lot to do, you know, we talk a lot about team church, uh, how to build great teams. And one of my favorite things about the team church culture is we starts with me. So if we want to lead great teams, we have to lead ourselves diligently and well. So I, I'm curious what you would think, even what the Holy Spirit's telling you, what are some of the habits, what are some of the characteristics you see that second chair leaders need to develop in this next season to, to get through this turbulent tension season? What do you guys think about that? Like, like what Andrew just said, key habits or characteristics. Josiah is acting like he's Thick gonna be skin. a mic hog today. He's gonna Thick skin. Thick skin. Thick skin easily uh, like not easily offendable yep i really agree with that Kaisa? i was just gonna say flexibility i think that we've done things for so long pre-covid that if we try to do that now it's not going to work and so for me just flexibility and almost living open-handedly with the sense that god is changing things by intention and with purpose and so if we can live fl flexibly and lean into what it is. Yep. He'll direct us and lead us, but it's not going to be the That's same. Beautiful. Someone else? Yeah, I would just say, in addition to that, be, be coachable. You know, sometimes as second chair leaders, like you have this, like, oh, maybe we've arrived. But no, like, we got to keep growing, keep, keep learning, and, and being coachable with, good, with those that we report to. You know, um, I think, I think what, I was, what I was thinking about on that question, Andrew, is... Um, Okay, so at the conference this week, we've talked a lot about kind of this current moment we're in. And um, I think God really needs to raise up some second, or is in the process of raising up some second chair leaders right now that are really kingdom-centered, that are really um, biblically faithful, that really understand this moment, like that are students of this moment. It's changed. The 2019 playbook does not work anymore. But here's what I would say. Not, not everyone on your team is probably aware of that. Your pastors may not even be aware of that. I mean, Seattle is what it is, but if you're in Florida right now, it's probably a very different situation for you. You may not feel the heat like we're feeling, or maybe you're listening in Canada and you're like, we can barely keep the doors open. You know, we have a very, very diverse tribe with Team Church, churches that have been open for a couple weeks to, to Florida that never closed, you know, and... and um, so I think no matter what condition you're, no matter where your pastor's at, where your 
where your team is at, you can be a good student of this season and more importantly, be a good student of the word. Because at some point, this season's coming for you. Like at some point, we're going to have to stand and, and fight for the gospel. Like that that will be a requirement moving forward. You ought to equip yourself right now for those moments. And I'm looking at Kaisa. You're, you guys are in Salt Lake City. I mean, it, it very, very unchristian. I mean, it's very religious, you know, but a very different kind of religious. But, you know, you, it, it would, for all practical purposes, it's secular. It's not Christ-centered as we know it to be. And you guys have probably had to stand and fight for that at moments. And, and I think we're all going to have to get used to that. So what I'm saying is get ready now. Like if the battle's not at your doorstep, it's coming. And, and like arm yourself with the word, be a student of this season. Um, Nathan Finocchio is at our conference and he, he really, really helped me yesterday when he said everyone's a theologian because to be a theologian just means you have words about God. And I think we need to have the right words about God. For this season, um, so that'd be mine. Is it, kind of morbid, I guess. Um, get ready now, though. <laughs> okay, a couple more. Emily, what's your what's on your mind? Yeah, I loved um, the very first night when we got here that Pastor Kevin was talking about how uh, just kind of back to the drawing board, like hit the delete button on your database, like just start. You ha- it's a it's a season to honor. There's never been a season like this before. It was really encouraging to hear that. And I, we've been talking a lot at our home church just about how everybody has the opportunity to have that new church plant feel. And our church is 27 years old. So I, I just kind of wanted your thoughts on how do we best support our lead pastors right now who've been, who planted the church, who've been doing this? How do we honor where we've been and support them best in where we're going? Uh, I think that what you just said like it's really, really important. The, the the church plant mentality. Maybe we should have never got away from it, yeah. but we did probably. Um, I think you just have to drive it deep into the culture. So, so our pastors often, they cast vision, they're visionaries. So they scatter the seed, but it's our job to actually build and cultivate. And you know, they, they scatter the seed. We want to cultivate that into a harvest for them. There's a great book, digressing a second, there's a great book I've been reading that I'd encourage everyone to read, not, not from the church world, but really helping me understand first and second chair. It's called Rocket Fuel. Um, of course, I'm not remembering the author. It's brilliant. Orange cover, you'll see it, you can find it. Um, but it describes the, the difference between the visionary and what he calls the integrator. It's, it's, it's a picture of second chair leadership that I'm really liking right now. I'm realizing as I hear him read, write about the integrator, I'm realizing that's what my pastor's been asking for for me all along. And so I think that our pastors will scatter seeds. So, okay, we're a church plant now, or we're going to be people centered right now, or we're going to start this new ministry now, or just whatever is coming out of their mouth. It's our job to take that and integrate it into the team to actually cultivate that seed into a harvest. Otherwise that seed could really die out there. You know, they're saying the right thing. You know, I believe, and I think you are, if you're part of your team, you believe my pastor is hearing from God. They're speaking as his representative right now in this moment, but they need someone to come alongside and cultivate that. And okay, that seed fell on, on hard ground. We've got we've to get that into good soil. We've got yeah. to remove the rocks in that area, whatever, it's, so that we can cultivate what they have in their heart. I, I would hate for our pastors to get a year or two into this frustrated because we weren't keeping pace with where they were. We weren't seeing what they were seeing. Um, and it could be very different than it was before. 
I mean, even even this. I mean, the only the only context I have for church, this conference, Team Church Conference, is my this is my volunteer staff job. You know, doing this is what I. So this is my my department, if you will. You know, on on the church team, and um, I all through 2020, I was hearing what my pastor was saying. His his first message series back was about the kingdom. And so I grabbed that. And when I when I had to pitch conference theme, what did I do? I pitched an unshakable kingdom. That that I, th- I think it's a great theme, but that came from him. He doesn't even maybe remember, but it came from him. You know, so taking the 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 seed that they're tossing out there and figuring out how do I grow that into some sort of a harvest yeah, for them. Being really quick to jump all in. Absolutely, and and it's going to change probably in three months. Yeah. So just be cool with it. And they might throw away everything you built, and great. You'd be amazed. Like I, we could do a BTS on this one, but the amount of changes we've had to this conference behind the scenes has been mind blowing. <laughs> so uh, this is not the same conference run sheet that we started Monday night with. So I, I just think that's that's the the moment that we're in high levels of flexibility, but figuring out what's actually on the inside of you and how do I get that out right now is really really important. One thing I would say about that is. Uh, going back to the kind of the music analogy is I think all of us have gotten smaller mm-hmm. as churches. It's just inevitable. I, I think some people have rebuilt maybe better, yes. um, but all of us got smaller at some point. Um, and I think our pastors saw more and more their loss of fidelity in their leaders and in, in everything. And so I think the best thing we can do as second chair leaders is one question I love to ask my pastor is, What's frustrating you right now? Yeah, it's a great question. What's, what's the thing that you see in our services or on our teams that does not look like what you want it to look like? And because they're, now they can start to see that lack of fidelity even greater in our teams and in our structure and our systems. And, um, yeah. and so what's frustrating you right now? And man, that could great. be your entire one with one. Yes, yes. <laughs> or it could be five minutes. I don't know. But, that's um, great, Andrew. But that, that's the, the thing that really helped me go back to a church planning mindset is go back Ask to a father-son yes. relationship great. of what's frustrating great. you about what you see right now. Love it. Love it. All right. Our new friend gets the last question. Oh, great. No pressure at all. No so this, pressure. This comes from a uh, maybe a personal moment, defining moment, uh, night one. Pastor Brandon, you and the team, you honored Pastors Kevin and Sheila for 35 years in ministry. And like yeah. that that floored mm-hmm. me, that wrecked me. And and this out of the flow of like I love I have for my pastors, like I want that for them. And we're 13 yeah. years in. Yeah. And as second chair leaders, we have this tension to manage all the time because as Pastor Josiah said, like they entrust us to execute the vision that God has given mm-hmm. them. And so there, there's always this sense of urgency. We come from a, a conference out of this, like we're gonna go home and we're gonna like charge hell tomorrow. And so the vision that we've been entrusted with, like we want to see that fulfilled tomorrow. And yet yep. the yep. tension of creating this sense of urgency with the team, but also ensuring that our pastors are healthy, they're in it for the long haul and the long game. And so talk a little bit about that tension. Yeah, I think longevity is probably the quality in leaders I respect the most because you, there is absolutely no shortcut to it. And with teams. I mean, I think one of the things I love about our my home church, Champion Center, is um, there's a lot of people that have been here a lot of, a lot of years. And our pastors are just the leaders of that. Um, I think we have to use Bible terms 
we like I don't want to use corporate America terms on this anymore. Like let's stick to the Bible. So the Bible, Apostle Paul, first of all, tells us to run our race to win. Well, this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. So how we run to win is we have to get the pace right. And I think, I think when we all screeched to a halt last year, I think a lot of us came to the awareness that my pace could have been off. I know mine was. I, I, and maybe there was a season for it. I'm not going to go back and rehash it, you know. But 2019, I traveled 250 days. I was at six churches a month. You know, I look back at my schedule now and I get hives. You know, for what I was trying to squeeze into, uh, you know, squeeze into a month. Um, I think the pace for me is going to look different, but I'm going to run far. You know, like I'm okay. Maybe I need to settle into more of a marathon pace rather than a sprint pace. But maybe that's what's actually going to get me over. Run, run to win is not a sprint. Run to win's a marathon. And, and so we we getting over the finish line means you have to find the pace that's going to let you lock in for the long haul. Uh, so, so I think you got to get your pace right. And then I think too, you know, the, the, the Jesus told us that one of the pictures of, of the church is a city on a hill, you know, and, and well, you build a city on a great foundation and, and the foundation matters. And I think, I think this season is calling all of us to get the foundation right. I think one of the reasons so many buildings and by buildings, I mean people, but so many buildings toppled, when the storm of 2020 came through was I think it revealed that those buildings weren't built on the right foundation. They were built on sand, not on solid rock, you know? So, so 2020 to me was the great revealer of foundations. And if we want to build high, we want to build a city, we want to build broad. Uh, it's all going to come back to what foundation are you laying in your life? And if, it, if your ministry is built on anything, you know, less than, than, than Christ and his call and his timing. And I mean, we really are, should be going back to the drawing board and getting the foundation, the, the essentials right. Um, I know our pastors all want to get back at it, and I agree with it. I want, I want a full room as much as anybody. And you know what? The full rooms are going to come. Like, they're, they're going to be there. Um, may look different, may not be in your timing, but they'll come back. But in this moment, I think we have to address foundation issues. Um, you, you, really, everyone would do themselves a favor to either catch the session or listen on demand to, for this conference, uh, Marcus Meekum session, King in a Week. It was just the best preparation message I've ever heard in my life. And, and it, I think all of us would agree. It just really marked us and reminded us if, if God has ordained you to do something and called you to do something, it is a door no man can shut. So no amount of delay is shutting that opportunity. Like, like work on the foundation. God will build the building. I, I, wait, uh, one more thing. When we were in Israel, you get to visit some of these ancient cities like Megiddo, which is a city right on the valley of Armageddon. And they showed us that, that the, some of these cities were toppled many times, um, but they always rebuilt on the same foundation and it got deeper and, and, and stronger. I think Megiddo, I'm, I'm going to get numbers wrong. Somebody can find out the real answer here, but it was like, like 20 or 30 times maybe that it's been rebuilt and you can see the layers, you know, now of the city, but they, they every time they rebuilt, it got stronger. It got stronger, you know, and, and I, I think that's what can happen to our lives is, is yeah, we may be rebuilding a little bit from this, but uh, your foundation can get stronger in this season, you know. 
hey, this has been really good. I've loved catching up with you guys. For some of us, this may be our only conversation at the conference. So um, I, 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 I love you all so much. Thank you for being faithful. Thank you for serving as you do. And for anyone listening today, um, what we just wanted to say is we love you. We are for you. Leading Second Tribe is so much bigger than myself or any one of us. If you have a heart to get this thing right for your pastor, you are leading second. You are in our tribe. We love you. We are for you. So I hope you'll tune in the next uh, few weeks through the end of the year or so as we um, try to bring some conversations that will help you and fuel you. So Leading Second, we love you. Until next time, let's run strong for the kingdom and lead in an uncommon way together. God bless you. Team Church Conference 2022 is coming up next August. Plan to join us live in the building, in person. Registration is open at teamchurchconference.com. I pray that you and your team will be with us next year. God bless you.